Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. Welcome to the Lit Poetry Podcast Season 1. I'm your host, James Laidler, Australian poet and writer. In this episode, we'll be taking rather an urbanised and domesticated voyage across the vast reaches of space by reading and discussing The Universe as Primal Scream by Tracy K. Smith. So let's begin by taking a listen to the poem as read by the wonderful Lucy Freeman. The launch of this poem will begin in... 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The Universe as Primal Scream by Tracy K. Smith. 5 p.m. on the nose. They open their mouths and it rolls out, high, shrill, and metallic. First the boy, then his sister. Occasionally, they both let loose at once, and I think of putting on my shoes to go up and see whether it is merely an experiment their parents have been conducting upon the good crystal, which must surely lie shattered to dust on the floor. Maybe the mother is still proud of the four pink lungs she nursed to such might. Perhaps if they hit the magic decibel, the whole building will lift off and will ride to glory like Elijah. If this is it, if this is what their cries are cocked toward, let the sky pass from blue to red to molten gold to black. Let the heaven we inherit approach. Whether it is our dead in Old Testament robes or a door opening onto the rolling infinity of space, whether it will bend down to greet us like a father or swallow us like a furnace, I'm ready to meet what refuses to let us keep anything for long. What teases us with blessings bends us with grief. Wizard, thief, the great wind rushing to knock our mirrors to the floor, to sweep our short lives clean. How mean our racket seems beside it. My stereo on shuffle, the neighbor chopping onions through a wall, all of it just a hiccup against what may never come for us. And the kids upstairs still at it, screaming like the dawn of man, as if something they have no name for has begun to insist upon being born. A good place to start with the discussion of any poem is to say a few words about the poet herself and some of her accomplishments. The Universe's Primal Scream was published in Tracy K. Smith's poetry collection Life on Mars, which won the 2012 Pulitzer Prize for Poetry and propelled Smith into notoriety, 
becoming one of America's leading contemporary poetic voices over the last decade. Life on Mars is based, to some extent, on Smith's late father who worked on the Hubble Space Telescope as an engineer. Many poems from the collection, therefore, use the paradigm of space to telescope in on common experiences of everyday life, and in particular on those experiences of grief and loss. This tendency to vividly connect the macro to the micro in her poetry is very much a central quality in the universe's primal scream. A poem in which she uses experiences of urban existence as a launching pad for speculations on the mysteries of the universe. On the other hand, the poem could also be simply interpreted as being deeply connected to Smith's attempts through the writing of poetry to work through the ramifications of the death of her own father in her life. Smith's poetry itself is a fusion of narrative and lyric styles. In this poem, she tells a rather haunting story through the speaker of her poem, and in doing so, simultaneously creates lush and sometimes surreal vistas of images and sounds through her evocative use of poetic devices, such as assonance, alliteration, consonance, and metaphor, in addition to her skillful use of enjambment and end-stopped lines to modulate the ebb and flow of the poem. A poem which, in itself, has such an entrancing and hypnotising effect on the reader. Through her skills, Tracy K. Smith has won, in addition to the Pulitzer Prize, a Whiting Award, the Cave Canem Prize, the National Book Award for Nonfiction, and she has also served as US Poet Laureate from 2017 to 2019. She has published multiple poetry collections and a memoir as well. So I want to talk to you here about one of the major themes in the poem. I guess I want to label this theme as the search for human meaning within the vastness of an unknowable universe. It's a bit of a mouthful, but let me explain. The speaker of the poem starts by describing the daily pattern of the sound made by two young kids screaming out aloud at the top of their lungs for no particular rhyme or reason. They just do it organically. And the daily ritual of their yelling causes the speaker to reflect on the idea that under the thin veneer of our daily lives are more primordial forces at work in us that are ready and yearning to break free. Forces that point to something beyond our imagination that is both terrifying and mysteriously beautiful. In other words, we live in the midst of the immensity of a universe which we ignorantly turn our backs on in the hustle and bustle of our daily lives. Yet, if we were to stop to contemplate the vastness of the universe for a minute, we would somehow be filled with an almost indescribable feeling of awe, wonder, gratitude, longing, and even terror. The shrill and metallic cries as described in the poem of the children are used here by Smith to point to the deep capacity that children possess in being able 
to more readily access those raw existential realities of life that lie dormant in hibernation just under the surface of our highly curated lives as adults. In their youth, freedom and naivety, however, the children possess something almost godlike that bristles with power. Indeed, Smith writes eloquently about how, if the children were to hit the right note, the brute force of their howling would lift the entire apartment block into space, as if they were modern-day prophets from the Bible, and they would ascend into heaven like Elijah. What a stunning and beautifully wonderful image. The screaming sets off a meditation in the poem about our place as human beings in the world. Pulled out of his or her comfortable domestic setting, the speaker of the poem experiences a temporary sense of the transcendent that is both glorious and disturbing. And this raises the age-old question about whether the universe is a benign wizard, as the poem suggests, generous, loving and good, something quite different, something rather sinister, perhaps like a thief, as suggested in the poem, maybe lurking in the shadows. These discomforting thoughts and speculations about the universe in the poem are very haunting and visceral. Although the speaker pitches the children's screams, potentially ushering in a sort of transcendent religious euphoria, the speaker also hints that within the rather cold and unsympathetic rolling infinity of space, a far more malevolent or apathetic reality lies in wait for us. Well, whether good, bad or indifferent, the speaker rather nobly seeks to make a sort of peace with these questions by the end of the poem, and even expresses a desire to meet, as it says in the poem, head on, whatever refuses to let us keep anything for long, and sweep our short lives clean. While the vastness of the universe ultimately makes a mockery of the quest for human knowledge, by knocking the symbolic mirrors described in the poem to the floor, and by describing the small noises and efforts made by people in their lives as a mere racket, the poem still seems to bestow on human life an inherent dignity and worth. Ultimately, the children's cries and screams make the speaker aware of how infinitesimally small human lives actually are. But in the face of this unknowable and mysterious universe, the speaker somehow emerges enriched by their experience of reflecting on these deep realities, not destroyed or disheartened, rather strangely at peace. Whatever we are, no matter how small we are, in the universe as primal scream, Tracy K. Smith argues we still remain a distinctive note within the great symphony of being. The other element of the poem I want to discuss in this podcast is Smith's use of poetic devices. In the universe's primal scream, we see a poet of maturing talent reaching for a language to articulate something very difficult, the vastness of human experience, all while remaining grounded 
in the language of the everyday. This is no easy feat, and Smith uses a number of strategies to help her, including consonants, assonance, enjambment, metaphor and alliteration. But I want to focus on just one device, which I find particularly well done, simile. A poetic device commonly relegated for its lesser stature in the world of poetry, but which here is used rather masterfully. So let's start with what a simile is. A simile is where one thing is directly compared to something else through the use usually of words such as like or as. A cliched example of this would be as red as a rose or hungry like a wolf. Here is an example of its use within Smith's poem where she writes, perhaps if they hit the magic decibel, the whole building will lift off and you'll ride to glory like Elijah. In this line, the speaker alludes to the prophet Elijah from the Old Testament. According to the biblical story, Elijah was carried to heaven into glory in a chariot of fire. The speaker then suggests that the children are like prophets, their screams reaching out to heaven, and in doing so they draw humanity closer to the divine. The speaker has a vision of the whole apartment building riding to glory like this Old Testament prophet. Because this vision of the apartment building rising into the heavens is so absurd and so comical, the simile has a rather surreal impact on the reader. Elsewhere in the poem, in stanza 3 for instance, the speaker contemplates whether there is a universal force that might bend down to greet us like a father or swallow us like a furnace. The first simile here alludes to the Christian idea of God as a father. The second, swallow us like a furnace, evokes ideas about the fires of hell. The fact that these are both presented as similes by the poet, rather than you say a metaphor, reinforces the idea that the speaker can't truly understand what this universal force is. Similes, after all, can only ever tentatively grasp at a comparison, unlike the more confident metaphor. Towards the end, the speaker describes the children screaming like the dawn of man, as if something they have no name for has begun to insist upon being born. These lines and the use of like and as suggest that the screaming is a sort of primal force that already exists and that is eternally coming into existence or being born. Again, it's important to note how Smith chooses to use similes here to describe this noise because it implies that what is happening is hard to accurately describe and that its true meaning exists beyond the limits of human comprehension, possessing a level of inherent mysteriousness. The speculation inherent in the use of similes is perfectly suited to the thematic concerns of this poem. I want to finish by saying that on a personal level, I find this poem very powerful. I love its blend of the macro and micro that transports you into a domestic setting only to jolt you out of your comfort zone and suddenly fling you out across the vast, mysterious and empty recesses of space. It's a paradox, an epic 
journey that is somehow grounded in the everyday dirt of human existence. I really hope you enjoy this poem as much as I do. With that said, it's time for me to wrap up this episode and say goodbye. Of course, if you want to access further resources on poetry or support our work, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com or simply subscribe to our podcast. A video clip of this poem is now live on our YouTube channel as well. I'll finish by playing the poem to you one more time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. The Universe as Primal Scream by Tracy K. Smith. 5 p.m. on the nose. They open their mouths and it rolls out, high, shrill, and metallic. First the boy, then his sister. Occasionally, they both let loose at once, and I think of putting on my shoes to go up and see whether it is merely an experiment their parents have been conducting upon the good crystal, which must surely lie shattered to dust on the floor. Maybe the mother is still proud of the four pink lungs she nursed to such might. Perhaps if they hit the magic decibel, the whole building will lift off and will ride to glory like Elijah. If this is it, if this is what their cries are cocked toward, let the sky pass from blue to red to molten gold to black. Let the heaven we inherit approach. Whether it is our dead in Old Testament robes or a door opening onto the rolling infinity of space, whether it will bend down to greet us like a father or swallow us like a furnace, I'm ready to meet what refuses to let us keep anything for long, what teases us with blessings, bends us with grief, wizard, thief, the great wind rushing to knock our mirrors to the floor to sweep our short lives clean. How mean our racket seems beside it. My stereo on shuffle, the neighbor chopping onions through a wall, all of it just a hiccup against what may never come for us. And the kids upstairs still at it, screaming like the dawn of man, as if something they have no name for has begun to insist upon being born. You've been listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast, presented by James Laidler. For more podcasts, poetry videos, and other useful resources, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.